we come into the state meet and you know it was extremely competitive we were going against the McCaffrey brothers uh, at Valor Christian we had Mountain View we had Palmer Ridge you know we had Mullins we had a lot of these really quality schools with great coaches that were you know right on our heels uh, but those young men truly understood the sacrifice that they had to put in day in and day out all the ice baths all the foam rolling all the eating right sleeping right drinking right fruits vegetables being in class on time getting good grades treating people the right way you know we just created a habit so when they got to the state meet the stage wasn't too big championship what do championship teams look like what do championship athletes do differently at the start of every season each team each athlete has the same goal win the big one it's anyone's to claim but how do you actually make it happen on this week's make your mindset podcast i'll talk to someone who has coached a number of individual and team champions in high school track and field and he has a mindset about it that works not only win championships but to make yourself the best version of you as an athlete I'm Stephen Dimmitt, soccer coach and teacher at Niwot High School and a coach at Broomfield Soccer Club in Colorado. And I'm excited each week to bring you a conversation with a different voice in sports, an athlete or a coach who can help you improve during this time and inspire you to start preparing for your next competition and the rest of your lives. Coach Jay Peltier has coached track and field for 10 years in Minnesota, North Dakota, and Colorado. He's a proud North Dakota State Bison. He now owns a leadership consulting franchise, Dale Carnegie of North Dakota and Northwest Minnesota. His Vista Ridge High School boys track team won the Colorado State Championship in 2013, and he was also a hurdles coach for a state championship team in Hopkins, Minnesota. Coach Peltier has a lot to say about how you can build yourself and others up to be the best competitor you can possibly be. He's going to talk about the idea of competitive greatness, how it can impact your team, how it can impact you, and how you can use it to become the best you can be. Today we're joined by Coach Peltier coming to us from Minnesota. Is that right? Yeah, I'm in Minnesota today. Normally I live in uh, North Dakota, but uh, we're trying to get even more quarantined. Okay. Sounds like actually a good place to do it. You buy a lake? Yep, I uh, I can see the beautiful lake right outside of my office window. There's a little bit of snow and ice on it, but uh, man, it's just it's good to be away and uh, undistracted. Very very focused out here, which is wonderful. Sounds like the right thing to do these days. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. We've had a lot of conversations uh, for years about this idea of competitive greatness. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you explain competitive greatness to your athletes? Yeah, it's, you know, that's a really good question. Uh, when we talk about competitive greatness with our athletes, we talk about it holistically um, as a human, as a person, uh, them becoming the best version of themselves. You know, and we look at that from a, from a whole team scale of saying, you know, not everyone's going to be a state champion athlete. Not every team is going to, even make the playoffs. Um, So what is the best thing that we can do to get the most out of people, whether that would be athletically, personally, uh, professionally, scholastically? 
So we would actually break our season down into leadership themes week by week. And they would compete. So it might be sacrifice. You know, what are you willing to give up this week in order to be the greatest person you can possibly be? Uh, you know, another one was listen. How well are you listening at home uh, to your parents, to your educators, uh, to your best friends, to your own body uh, in terms of track and field and all the way to confidence? You know, how confident are you in your school, in your program, um, in your in your coaches, in your friends, in your teammates? So when we talk about competitive greatness, we we look at the person holistically and, and how do we pull that out of that person? Because at the end of the day, you know, athletics don't stop at, you know, when they graduate from high school, the lessons don't stop there. They only, I mean, that's really when they're getting started. So anything we can do to give people an advantage when they go to college or uh, get a, get a job or go to trade school, um, we want them to know that they can compete with anybody in whatever professional scholastic field athletically um, and come out confident uh, and a great teammate. You know, I, I live by the motto of pursue personal excellence. Um, and I picked that up from a mentor of mine. And that's always been important to me because competitive greatness in my faith, my family, uh, within my marriage, within my friends, like always making sure that we're, we're being the greatest person we can possibly be. That's awesome. I also think that my athletes just got a little secret of where weekly themes came from. Um, so <laughs> thank you, coach Peltier. Um, yeah. so one more big question about competitive greatness, um, for the people listening right now, where have you seen that idea really take off for one of your athletes? Can you tell us about, um, his or her use of that and how that really helped them? Yeah, I can give you a few examples. You know, one would be, and, and this was an athlete that I'm going to bring up, uh, from Minnesota. He was not a gifted athlete to, to put it in nice terms. Um, he was a senior, he was running JV. He was never going to run varsity. Uh, but he worked his tail off every single day and he did everything that we asked of him. Uh, and, and he loved it and he enjoyed it. And he put in 100% sincere effort and we get to what we would call senior send off, which is when the seniors get to say something to the rest of the team. And then the team gets to, kind of thank the seniors for their time. And this, this gentleman was a junior and, you know, we had uh, probably seven state placers in the, in the four races and the hurdles on that, on that team. So we were, we were extremely talented. Um, and they didn't talk about the talent they had. They talked about this young man of, you know, how great he was at showing up to practice every day and on time and putting in sincere effort and that they wish they had, his mental attitude. Well, today that that young man is, you know, he started one of his own side businesses. He's a VP in a tech company. Um, so that competitive greatness, he probably learned it that day on how important it was on that senior send off and is now implementing it, you know, 10 years later. Uh, in terms of, you know, the other example I would give would be, you know, the how we went from not winning a state title to winning a state title. You know, the, the first year I was a head coach, we probably had the most talented team um, that we were going to have, but they didn't know how to work hard at, at that given point in time. They didn't know the mental attitude it was going to take to to be the best person possible. So they were mentally exhausted by the time we got to the state meet. 
um, the next year we come into the state meet and, you know, it was extremely competitive. We were going against the McCaffrey brothers uh, at Valor Christian. We had Mountain View. We had Palmer Ridge. You know, we had Mullins. We had a, a lot of these really quality schools with great coaches that were, you know, right on our heels. Uh, but those young men truly understood the sacrifice that they had to put in day in and day out, all the ice baths, all the foam rolling, all the eating right, sleeping right, drinking right, fruits, vegetables, being in class on time, getting good grades, treating people the right way. You know, we just created a habit. So when they got to the state meet, the stage wasn't too big um, and it was just business as usual. And I think they even actually had more fun when they got to the state meet than they probably would have two years prior, because to them, it was just another day. Um, and if we can create that competitive greatness where you're just showing up, it's routine. Uh, that's really what we want to do, because, you know, even in business, um, you know, we shouldn't have times that are that are too big for us. That story about the the state championship, I'd like to, to follow up on that just a little bit with you, because um, we have a lot of athletes listening today that are, you know, that's the dream, right? That's the mm -hmm. that's the aspiration when you get into your season. Um, and you talked a little bit about that journey um, to, to how you get there. Um, mm -hmm. And you've been involved in a number of of different programs that have won individual and state championships at mm -hmm. this point. Um, what sets them apart? Like what, what changes um, the whole game for them? So they become the champion. Yeah, that's a really good question. You know, and I think it starts with creating, creating great habits. Uh, so one thing that we never talk about is winning uh, with, with any athlete I've ever coached, you know, they could have a goal of winning a state championship. They can have a goal of hitting a certain time. That's great. I don't use the language in practice. Um, I don't use the language at meets. The language we use is uh, trust the process in, in defining what the process is. So, you know, for us, it was not necessarily what are you willing to give, but what are you willing to give up? Because we all have information to the, the greatest workouts. We all know how to rest the right way. We all know the right foods to eat. We have access to that. So for us, it was how do we create a routine, a schedule, and habits uh, that are that are purposefully met to to do the right thing? And then the second piece of that is how do we have fun doing it? You know, if it's not fun, it's not worth doing. Um, and I think we had a lot more fun than any other athlete out there. Um, but to get back to kind of the routine that we did, you know, with some of our athletes we had to run, you know, for 20 minutes every morning at 5 a.m. If they didn't get there, you know, if they were ineligible, they would meet me on the track at 5 a.m. Um, we would go to practice. We would lift weights. We would stretch the right way. We would ice bath. They would have protein and fruits and vegetables in their body within, you know, one hour of their workout. And then they would get eight hours of sleep a night or seven hours of sleep a night. And one of the things we brought to you know, uh, where I'm coaching now is at Fargo South is you think about if you took the right step with your foot under your hip and you ate all the right foods and went to bed at the right time every day, you got a thousand times better than your competition who didn't pay attention to the small details. Mm. And that's all it was. And we did it for two weeks before all this stuff happened. And, you know, we saw young men um, start to become faster, more confident, more energetic, because they know that they did the right thing. They cared about themselves enough to do the right thing. You just described like a whole bunch of little things. Yeah, right? it's all um, it 
Huh. Okay. Because I suppose when you get up to that level and it's the difference between one and two, right? Um, it's going to come down to what exactly did you have for breakfast? Well, that's exactly right. But it's also what did you have for breakfast over the last six months? Mm-hmm. You know, it's where was your foot placement over the last six months? You know, how many ball drills have you done over the last six months? And were they, you know, was it, uh, you know, is your thought process perfect practice makes perfect or is it perfect practice makes permanent? Mm-hmm. Um, because we can practice things perfectly the wrong way, you know, so I really hone in on it's the small things, it's the little things that do, do it the right way a thousand times every day, you get a thousand times better than your competition. Um, and then they don't know any better, you know, they get to the state meet and it's all fun and games and, um, and they're just having a good time. You know, a championship isn't a championship if you don't enjoy winning it. Right. Well, exactly. And if it's not done the right way, you know, mm-hmm. I, I think the year that uh, our boys team won, which was the first for the school, I don't think they had any more fun, um, than, than they've ever had in high school. I mean, I think you were there, but we showed up to the mm-hmm. tent and this is right before they're running the four by one. And we're neck and neck with Valor Christian at this point. And they stopped me and they're like, Hey coach, uh, can we ask you a question? You know and I'm thinking? Like, yeah, like, let's go over your marks, you know, eyes up, like, yep. Hand back. Let's get the baton. Right. Hey, so if Brandon licks the outside of this banana and he's allergic to bananas, will he, uh, will he break out? Will he, will he have like a reaction? It's like, you guys got to get warmed up. Like your race is in 30 minutes. You know that? And I was like, of course not. Well, maybe, I don't know. Like, well, shoot coach. Like you got to know these kind of questions. I was like, guys, you got to race. Like, let's get moving. <laughs> you know. And then they went out and won. And right? They went out and won the state beat. It's like, oh goodness. Yeah. They, uh, they, they were a fun crew. How important are, are different personalities on a team in your experience? Oh, they're the most important. Uh, and, and the reason I say that is you, you don't want a yes person and you don't want uh, a group think model. You want value systems with young men and women that have different ideas um, and that are from different backgrounds who believe in the same vision and the same culture. So what types of personalities have you seen on some of your most successful teams? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> You know, I'm taking you down like memory yeah, lane here. So, yeah. some, oh man, uh, yeah. Some of the personalities, you know, we 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 always have the kind of loud Gregorius, and they tend to be sprinters for whatever reason. But these loud Gregorius, like goofy people, that just they're magnetic, right? And and people are attracted to them, and and they just draw attention. But it's equally as important to find the two or three kids that are super quiet that will outwork everybody and they don't need to say anything, but they just show up and it almost scares everybody like how, how hard they work. And then you've got the athlete that, you know, isn't over the top talking, but might be the person that, you know, holds the group together. We call that person, the glue of the team and they're not the loudest. They're probably not the hardest worker, but they're the person that's always checking in on everyone saying, Hey, are you okay? Hey, what's going on? Hey, Hey, how are you doing? Um, hey, what can I do to help you out even more? Um, and I would say those are kind of the three pillars of, of groups that we try to find. And then we coach our young men and women. Part of their goal sheets is what trait do you bring to the team that nobody else has? And how do we make sure that you exploit that trait? 
one of the unique things about track is a, yeah, there's tons of personality, mm -hmm. right. Um, but in track and field, like you see all that personality kind of blur together because you're competing against the same people like several times a year. Yep. Right. Um, and I, so many times I've seen competitors support each other and want the best for each other. Yeah. Um, how, how does all of that work? You've, you've been involved in so many different sports, but how is track and field just different in terms of competition? Well, that's, what's unique and fun about it is, you know, even the parents and the coaches from other schools become so stinking close to each other because your athletes become so close. Um, and it's, and it's very different. They still want to win. They still want to do the very best they can, but the different piece is, is you think about, you know, a soccer game or a football game or a basketball game where you're competing directly against each other for an hour and you go back to your own huddle um, and then go back on the field. This is, you know, a triple jump or a high jump. It may take an hour and you're sitting on, on the field next to the other competitors and you might be kind of semi-coaching each other through this, your, your main competition. Because the athletes in track and field know that the better their competition does, the better they're going to do. Um, so it almost becomes this competition against yourself. But like anything, you need someone great to push you even farther. Um, and, and that's how it was for me coaching. You know, uh, you, know you guys have Kelly Christensen at Niwot. Uh Man, him and I had some pretty good battles. And, and we also did with... Uh, Kevin Clark and, and Brian Kula. And it was the same thing. It's, you know, we, we were in each other's ears all the time. And, and that's what I love about track and field is your best friend is also your competitor. Um, and, and you're going to cheer him or her on um, if they beat you. And, and if they hit the pinnacle and it's still going to hurt really bad, but you're, you're kind of proud of them at the same time. Hmm. Do you think that transfers to other sports? I totally think it does. Um, you know, and we talked about that when I was in Minnesota, you know, we had a gal, one gal ran for CSU, the other one ran for CU and they were probably the best in the state at what they did. And one, you know, one was one of the better 400 runners in the country at the time. And they ran track and played soccer at the same time. And one thing that they noticed was not only that kind of individual, I want to be the best version of myself, pulling that into a team sport and being, you know, kind of competitive with their teammates, but then also, uh, you know, with their opponents, like it wasn't dirty trash talking, but you kind of knew like they would find the best one on the team and they would kind of be like, Hey, I'm going to get to know this person, but I'm also going to see, you know, what this person's made of. So we've definitely seen it, seen a transfer over, you know, we were just watching, a. Uh, the NDSU basketball game this uh, about a month ago to make it to the tournament, which they did. And unfortunately, obviously everything got canceled, but their point mm -hmm. guard ran for my cousin and Hopkins. Shahid did. Um, and, and you can just see it's, it's just a little different, competitive, very sportsmanlike um, atmosphere with a lot of these individual sport athletes that are able to bring that back into their sport. Mm. So you hear that athletes, you need to go run track. Yeah. Right? They, yes. They do. <laughs> I think that's going to be a theme, a running theme in this, this podcast, um, you know, uh, promoting track and field as a way to make yourself competitively great. Yeah. Well, it should be, um, you know, <laughs> but well, any individual sport, you know, and that, you know, that can even go back to just like hike a mountain, right? Do something that you can't lean on a teammate to do and see how it works out. Mm -hmm. Build right. some confidence. Um, and then bring a teammate along to push you to do it faster next time. 
Yeah. And that, that leads me to kind of a, a final question about competitive greatness, mm-hmm. um, which I'm kind of curious about. It, it goes right in with what you just said. When an athlete kind of hits that level where they understand competitive greatness and they know how to achieve their goals according to that, what can they do individually to help their teammates? You know, that's when the athlete turns into the coach. Um, and, and this has worked in any program I've done is as soon as that athlete has hit that or they've figured it out, one of my core values in life is to always coach and to find the greatness in others and pull them along. Um, so for me, there's an opportunity to, for that athlete, once it clicks and they understand what it is for them, help the other young men or women find that and pull them along to your level, you know, because the, the top of the mountain is boring and it, quite frankly, Mm -hmm. it sucks when you're alone up there, you know, so pull your whole team up there and celebrate on the mountaintop together. And, uh, Mm -hmm. and I think that's the best way to do it. That's the best way that's worked for me. And that's quite honestly, Steve, that's the only way I've looked at it is once you Mm -hmm. figure it out, now it's your job to be the coach and, and pull others along with you. I got one more big question on this right now, because athletes listening, uh, their sports are still on hold. Yeah. Um, how can they practice competitive greatness right now? Oh, gosh. You know, I, th- I think right now it's you do all the little things right. Um, you, you create a schedule for yourself similar to your school schedule. You practice at the same time you'd be practicing soccer, basketball, baseball, football, whatever it would be. Um, you work on the small drills that you can, and there's plenty of resources out there to do that. But then you also work on the the mindset and the leadership side. You know, you you start reading, you know, read some books um, by Coach K or or some athletes that you admire that that are good people. Um, start creating a value system for yourself that um, that's going to endure tough times. Um, but but don't lose your edge. You know, I was uh, texting back and forth with a number of our hurdlers this week of. Hey, what do you need from me at this point? And some of them just needed, Hey, where are we going to call? Like, what, what do I do if I want to run in college next year? Um, you know, so our hurdlers, they were given a packet, you know, the week before we got done of four weeks of lifting and four weeks of sprint workouts. Um, and they're doing them from, from my knowledge, they're doing all the small things, right. They're eating right. They're sleeping right. They're doing the right core. Uh, so I would say just create your small habits and continuing to to practice and and do it on a scheduled time Hmm. well thank you for sharing all this about competitive greatness and what it what it kind of means to be a champion Mm -hmm. um what would uh what would you say uh if you were to underline kind of the most important thing uh about competitive greatness and how how about having a a right mindset Mm -hmm. helps um what can you leave our athletes with today you know, I would say be confident in who you are um, to your core. I think one of the one of the challenges that young men and women have is they're trying to emulate somebody else. You know, everyone's trying to be the next superstar or the the next star of the team, and they're trying to emulate how other people think, act, and operate. Which we can definitely take traits from them, but be confident in what your position, your role, who you are as a leader and an athlete. Um, and live, eat, breathe, and sleep that person because we are all you. We are all very unique in our own ways, and I think that part gets overlooked. Is you know uh, the late Kobe Bryant, he, you know, he lived his life and and he did it his way and he did it how he wanted to do it, 
and and he knew his strengths and he knew his weaknesses, but he played to his strengths all the time. Um, that's what the great ones do. And, and whether that's uh, athletically or in life is be confident in who you are and what your strengths are. See where that rolls in in with the team and, and you create sound habits that that pull out your strengths and your skill sets. And it's going to be a great day, you know, it, for our state championship team and, and even our ones that took third and fourth. It took them a long time to learn that, you know, I mean, I, I, I can still remember the uh, the four by four team. You know, as, as they're getting prepped up, we talked about this competitive greatness and this confidence in understanding who they are and what their role was during that. And I would always go give them this pep talk. And of course, you know, they know what's on the line. We're about to win a state title if they simply get the baton around the track. And uh, and I'm walking up to them and I'm nervous, right, because we can win the school's first ever state title. And I more wanted it because they had gone through so much change and growth and the whole team had finally figured out who they were and how great of people they were. Um, and they matched that athletically, right? So, so they understood their roles on the team. And uh, the first person walks by and he just looks at me and I was like, oh, this is interesting. The second kid walks by and has just got like this death stare looking forward. <laughs> and the third person walks by who's usually like this kind of loosey-goosey, you know, jubilant. And he just kind of, his head's bouncing. He's listening to some music. But he is locked in and uh, and the, the anchor walks by or the last guy walks by and he goes, uh, hey, coach, watch this. And I was like, oh, well, this is going to be good. You know, and then they went and broke a 20 year old record. Um, so the, the importance of that was, you know, these guys took their own individual strengths and talents and figured out who they were and, and how that worked in track and field. And, you know, not only did they win a first team say title, but they broke a 20 year old record because they were honest with who they were and, and they were confident in their abilities. And I think everyone's got that in them. Not everyone's going to be a state champion. Um, not every team is going to win a state title, but if you put in sincere effort and you figure out who you are as an athlete and as a person, you know, that's, that's an awesome accomplishment as well. To win a championship, you have to be competitively great. You have to develop positive habits in all areas of your life to compete and have success. Some things to think about. What are the habits that you're developing right now that will help you compete when the time comes? Are you doing any of those things already that Coach talked about? Eating right, sleeping right, training right, treating people well, building up your team? Make your list. Start training your habits and becoming competitively great in those areas. If those things or what put a champion over the top, there's a whole lot we can do right now to be active as athletes, even while we wait for sports seasons to start again. As always, if you have topics you'd like to hear about, contact me on Twitter at, at Stephen Dimmitt. I'd love to hear from you. Share this podcast with a teammate. Use this time at home to develop the next championship team. Until next time, stay healthy, stay positive, and use this time to make your mindset about sports and life competitively great.